Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we're in a wonderful book called Under His Influence, The Yielding Yielding to the Work of the Holy Spirit by Pastor Lloyd Pulley out of Calvary Chapel Old Bridge in New Jersey. Uh, great book, still available on Amazon and most Christian bookstores you can find. It has wonderful study questions at the end of it. So if you're doing it in a small group or even like we did, we did it as a summer series for our church and it worked out really well and uh, really sparked a lot of conversations, great conversations about the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that happens to us as a follower of Christ and, and who the Holy Spirit is. Today we're in chapter 6. The title of this sermon is Test All Things. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. With all power and false signs and wonders, and with all wicked deception, for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. So he mimics. So if, if we see something that's from the Holy Spirit, Satan can mimic some of that stuff. And so you need to be careful. That's how cults are formed. Somebody has an experience, and the experience is not really from God. And the experience carries them, and you've got to be careful. So you test, you test it to, to God's Word. Where does it draw my attention? Unfortunately, much of the of, of we see publicly demonstrated attributed to the work of the Holy Spirit today is nothing more than hype and sensationalism, and and this is where this is where you know it's happening is when it's calling attention to the man, or the person, the woman, and not to attention to who, Jesus. So if it's bringing attention to the man or the woman who's who's leading it, and not to Christ, you need to be careful of that stuff. I love 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 through 22. It says, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Test, not some things, everything. Everything, including me. We're supposed to be Bereans. Man, if you... Let me... It, I've had... I've, I think Jimmy, I've talked to Jimmy before in his testimony. Something got taught which was wrong. He got up and left because he knew it was going against God's word. You test everything. It's, it's our job as spiritual, especially the men of the house, to lead our families. And for, for grandmothers and grandfathers, we should be like sometimes moms and dads can be busy. So let me tell you something. Grandpa's been testing a lot of stuff this week. I'm like, what are you watching? What is that? Turn that off. 
let's find something else to watch. You shouldn't be watching that. My daughter comes in. I tell her, you, did you see what they're, what's up there? And she goes, what do you mean? I said, that, that's, th that's a satanic symbol on the cartoon. And, and they're, they're giving stuff up to a spirit. And I'm like, this is on a cartoon. Turn that off. Test everything. Let me tell you something. Used to be, you could, you could have a Disney movie or a Pixar movie. You need to test it. I'm sorry. It, it's, it's the world that we're in today. There's so much material that's being put out. Stuff that's pouring out. It's, it's hard for, uh, for parents today to keep up with everything. So apart from God's word, we have, we have no certain revelation from the Lord. So worship that ignores the Bible is not spiritual. That's important. Worship that ignores the Bible is not spiritual. There may be emotion and there may be a lot of commotion in it. But unless there's spiritual truth, the Holy Spirit is not at work. Remember Jesus told his disciples that when the Holy Spirit came, he would what? Teach you all things and bring to you remembrance in John 14:26. He also said testify of me in John 15:26. But when the helper comes whom I will send to you from my father the spirit of the truth who proceeds from the father he will bear witness about me. He bears witness. Testify. He convicts the world in John 16:8 and when the, when he comes he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. He'll guide you into truth in John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His authority, but whatever He speaks, will, uh, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will guide you into all truth. If you don't know, ask. Ask the Holy Spirit to, to reveal it to you. If you have trepidation, like, is this something I'm supposed to do? Ask the Holy Spirit. Say, God, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this moment. I need you to help me. And let me tell you something. He, he will show up. And he'll guide you to the truth. Now, it may not be what you want to hear. Let me tell you something. If he reveals it to you, you need to be obedient to it. Because a lot of people, and, and uh, you know, it's hard to watch somebody who, who's been, who knows the truth and has been revealed to them and take the other direction. Because their emotions and feelings are driving everything they're doing. And yet, the truth has been shown to them. It's hard. But let me tell you, God will show it to you, but you have to, you have to be obedient to it. In John 16, 14, it says, He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So therefore, anything that draws attention to an individual, to a particular sign and wonder that has occurred, and not to Jesus is not a real move of the Holy Spirit at all. And this is important. A ministry that's birthed from your dependency of your worldly ability, abilities and brings attention to you will eventually be exposed by pride in the flesh. That is not a work of the Holy Spirit. I would, you know, and I'm not trying to beat up on the church, but I would say probably 40% of the work that's being done in the church right now because we've gone into this corporate style of church especially in bigger churches, it's become the work that is dependent on worldly abilities and not the move of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's dependent on what they know how to do when they were in this job and they bring it into this. 
It'd be no different if a teacher comes in and goes, well, I'm going to run children's ministry, but she runs it like a daycare or, or the way the world would. That's not being run by the Holy Spirit. You're just trying to do what La Petite Academy does or whatever it is. You're just taking what they do, and, and where's the Word of God in it? Like where You're just taking your worldly abilities. And, and so we have to be careful with that. First Samuel 13, thir- uh, 3, it says, Jonathan defeated the garrison of the Philistines, and that was Geba, and the Philistines heard it, and Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land, saying, let's let the Hebrews hear. Saul, this is the work of the flesh. You want to see it in the Bible? It's in the Bible. God did the work, but Saul's blowing the trumpet and bringing attention to himself. It's the work of the flesh. And we're not focusing on anybody at this moment, but who? King Saul. And that's, that's not what ministry is about. The mark of a real encounter with the Spirit of God is that it produces humility in our lives. I love what Andrew Murray wrote. It says, Humility is bloomed and beauty of holiness. The chief mark of a counterfeit holiness is the lack of humility. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that the proper time he may exalt you. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, it says, Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, you, so you also must forgive. Humility and meekness. There's power under control. In Numbers chapter 12, verse 3, it says, Now then, uh, now the man Moses was very meek, more than all the people who were on the face of the earth. Humility is part of the, the work of the Holy Spirit. Because you're allowing the, God to be glorified and not you. God takes somebody like Moses who has no ability to talk. And he uses them. And now we see in this verse that he's the most humble man on the face of the earth. You know, and, and, and it's, it's a reminder that it's, it's genuine humility is marked in the presence of God. We know Peter. Peter was the same way in Luke chapter 5, verse 8. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus, Jesus' knee and says, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. John the Baptist, in John chapter 3, verse 30, he must increase, but I must what? Decrease. John has a successful ministry. But John knows it's time for him to step back. And he does it. And how many of us would do that? It's like the old cartoons where they would tell you, no, 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 don't applause, don't applause, and you're doing like this. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> there was a song uh, my, my grandfather used to, saying when I was a kid that, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. Old Mac, Mac I forget, Mac Davis song. That's, that's the reality of some of the people in the church today. And what did it say about John in Matthew chapter 11, verse 11? It says, Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. And yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And the funny thing about that is Jesus didn't tell that to his disciples. Jesus waited till his disciples left. And John's in jail. John's in jail when this is being said. John never hears this. Why? Because he believed in that verse and he must increase, but I must decrease. Humility. You're not trying to bring attention to yourself. 
And one of the things that, that when we talk about humility, he talked about the demonstration of Reed House, a man of God that was, uh, had asked for the Holy Spirit to fill. To fill not only their thoughts, the presence, uh, the place, uh, to penetrate the, the darkest recesses of the heart. And he said, and, and, and we saw pride, self-motives underlining everything we had ever done. Lust and self-pity were discovered in places where we had never suspected it. And the Spirit impressed on us, who is in control of your life? Me or you? And that's a question that we have to all ask ourselves tonight. Who is in control of your life? God or you? Because humility makes way for both power of the, and power and the glory of God to be manifested in and to be known through our lives. Christ's life is the greatest demonstration of glory, humility, and power that is the world has ever seen. He's conceived by the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 1 verse 35. He was baptized by the power of the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 3 verse 22. He filled and led by the power of the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 4 verse 1. He empowered for ministry by the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 4 verses 14 through 15. And he was resurrected from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit in Romans chapter 8 verse 11. So the question you have to ask is why would God desire to have uh, us to have this power in our lives daily? Right? He's blessed you with it. And what are you doing with it? We're going to talk. I'm actually going to finish these last two chapters up this week and next week. And then that leaves me with one Wednesday before we start Genesis. And on that, on that Wednesday, we're actually going to spend that Wednesday talking about what the function of this church is. I had a conversation with Pastor Leonard from uh, First Baptist Divine, and, and it sparked something that, that I, I, I just... I, and even through this book, I really believe we need to establish as a foundation for the church because so many churches have forgotten what the biblical foundation of the church is, which is the Great Commission. That's what our job is. And we've gotten too busy. And we're good because we're a small church. We're doing a lot of this stuff. But I want to make sure that this small group that we have, as the church grows, I want to make sure that it stays with that mission and there'll be a number of things that we'll go over but making disciples and sharing the gospel is foundational and churches have gotten away from that churches have spent more time trying to entertain and and you know they they they've just gotten away from the main thing which is to make disciples and share the gospel the great commission and, and I don't want to do that as, as us, as we, you know, even as we look at Cactus Fest and we're going to be out there on October 8th for the, the grand opening of the Winstrom. Um, grand opening, I'm going to mess it up if I say it, the ranch. But we're going to be out there. I'm not sure what we're going to do as a church, but we'll figure something out. And the reason why we want to do that is, again, it's an opportunity for us to meet more people in the community. It's an opportunity for us to invite them to church, to pray with them, to talk with them. That's what Cactus Fest is. Mission Divine. Again, a church doesn't function when it's functioning inward. And every time you add, and this is something to remember, every time, I believe there are foundational ministries. Youth, children's, right? We pray that we have eventually a men's and women's. Those are foundational. All the other stuff is fluff and sprinkles on the cake. And we got to be careful. 
Because every time you start a new ministry, it stretches the servants further and further from the main thing, which is evangelism, sharing the gospel, and making disciples. And, and it's happening. It's, I, you know, you've got corporate churches, and they've got to have a ministry for this, and they need to have this, and, and all these little things. And every time they start something new, it stretches the body. And then what are we doing? We're serving each other. And we're not really doing what we were called to do. Teresa had gave me something today. I had posted it today as it, it compared the two of the, the cruise ship or the battleship. We're on a battleship. You're in the last days. There'll be people as you lay your head in bed tonight that will go to hell. And you have the power of the Holy Spirit inside you. And he wants to, he wants to use you to glorify who? God. He used the, the Holy Spirit's power as an as a illustration. When you, have, when you have a steam and a steam engine, its purpose is to drive the engine to move it somewhere. But all some people want to do is use the steam to make a whistle blow. They're making a lot of noise, but they're not going anywhere. They're drawing a lot of attention to themselves, but nothing's happening. God doesn't give us this power for our amusement. It's not, it's not so we can sit in our churches and feel good about ourselves. God wants to empower our lives, making them a testimony to the lost world around us, a testimony of who Jesus is and what he can do. And God gives us power so that we can fulfill the plans that he has for us and overcome sin in our lives and, be, and, and behave wisely in every situation. God's powers in our lives is meant for our own experience and meant to bring him glory. We want to give possession of the power of the Holy Spirit to use it. And God wants the power of the Holy Spirit to possess, to get possession of us and use us. And that's how it is. Some people want the power to possess it. But it's like that's, God is trying to possess you and use you. But you're over there just pulling the, the whistle. <laughs> and you ain't moving nowhere. And you're just bringing attention to yourself. This is actually from uh, Pastor Sandy Adams. I love this because one of the things I, I, I pray is that Calvary Chapel is more adherent to the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit and what, what God is doing. He says, I am sure that you've heard the familiar refrain, a church that is, has the word without the spirit will dry up. A church that has the spirit without the word will blow up. But a church that has the spirit working through the word will grow up. And let me add one more line. And the church that is proud, it has the word, and pretends to have the spirit, causes God to throw up. Because they're a lukewarm church. Oh, Sandy, he's such a wordsmith, right? <laughs> but honestly, it's, it's a reminder to us is that it's, the, it's, it's through what God does through his word, right? And through the power of the Holy Spirit that it actually helps us to grow. And so we have to be careful not to crowd out the Holy Spirit. And understand, like, if you, we've taught on this before, so you can go online and, and go to Calvary Distinctives. That they're all on YouTube and on the website. And it, it actually goes over the gifts of the Spirit. We, we actually break down each one of those. And, and, uh, and, and so if you, you need more understanding on that, it's there. Because this is not one of those extensive studies on the gifts of the Spirit. And we know that it, there's such things as tongues, interpretation of tongues, miracles, healings, and 
Uh, and those things still happen today. But there are a group of, of Christians that believe that they're not. And he gives three simple uh, reasons that he believes that all gifts of the Spirit still operate today. Uh, one is there's no scriptural basis for believing that the gifts are no longer val valued. There's nothing in scripture that says they stopped. Two, the church history confirms that the gifts continue to be in operation. Three, Jesus' warning about false signs and wonders that are completely unnecessary if all signs and wonders were going to cease in Matthew 24, 24. And so, Paul warned Timothy about those who would come to among the believers to try to deceive him. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, Having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. And that type of power is... Like he said, it's no different than making God look like a piece of wax fruit. It looks pretty, but it's not good for anything. So again, what we need to do is, is in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What we need is, is the word of God working on the outside together with the Spirit of God working on the inside. Then we will have the wisdom and we'll know the difference between truth and something that's not from God. We need to be in God's Word. That's why it tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work so who's in control of your life you are god and are you that that steam whistle that's not moving you're not moving anywhere you're on the train you're on the tracks but you're just pulling the whistle bringing attention to yourself depending on your own abilities you got to be careful with that okay i think the most beautiful thing is to see somebody who has no ability and then god gifts them and you go where did that come from only from God. Only from God. Like somebody who, who's never taught before and they get up there and they start teaching, you go, where did that come from? God gifted them. And it brings glory to who? God. But the moment that it starts bringing glory to that person, beware and, and you need to, you know, be mindful of it. You know, so that's what it, that's what it means to test all things. Y'all need to, again, scripture, uh, football field event. So, was there fruit in it? Yeah. We saw Ephesians being lived out because we saw the body of Christ working together in unity. Different parts of the body. We saw multiple churches working together. We had somebody place it on his heart to give up a, I know it's just a horse trough, but that's what we baptized people. They gave it to us for free, which is going to actually be used to baptize some more people in a couple weeks. Uh, this is a beautiful thing. I talked to Leonard. Uh, their church is fixing to move to two services. It's growing that bad, that, that quickly. Not badly, quickly. They're connected to the schools now. People that got saved that day from his church are serving. People who never served saw that that day and now are serving. Greg, one of the guys that was there on the football field worshiping, is now serving and helping with the kids. You just... Again, you just test it. Great Commission was done. The gospel went out. People were saved. People were baptized. Those people are being discipled now. 
And so, and now there's a connection to the schools. And we're hoping to be in the schools in October. Matter of fact, I'm going back to pray at, at, in Divine for their first school board meeting, I believe, in a couple of weeks. I mean, it's, but when we start asking, where's the fruit? We have to be very careful with that. Because you're questioning what God's work is. But you need to question it through Scripture. If you go to me and say, well, Mike, this only brought attention to this. Then I can say, okay, well, where is it at scripturally? Show me what's, how it did that. I'll gladly talk to you about it. But we need to, and if you have questions, like ask. Because understand that Satan is always trying to create a counterfeit. Always. Okay? And we have to be careful with that. This is a great chapter because I think a lot of Christians, they, they'll, they'll, they'll follow emotions and commotion. That looks good. Let's go over there. And that's how cults get started. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light and you'll find it. Uh, we hope that you enjoy today's broadcast. If you'd like to give to this ministry, uh, what I would always suggest is give to this radio station. It's because of this radio station that we have great expository teachers uh, for you, and I would say uh, make that donation to them. I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful day. God bless you. Remember, you can find us at calvarydivine.org. calvarydivine.org. God bless you.